And welcome to the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast, episode 359. Greetings, everyone. Tom Brussell here. Thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener, long-time subscriber to the show, or fit somewhere in the middle, it doesn't matter. We're just glad you're here today. Our special guest today joins us from out west, Southern California, in his studio. That's kind of a spoiler alert when I say in his studio in Southern California. Scotty Cameron joins us. Scotty, thanks so much for taking the time. It's always always great to catch up with you. Oh, thank you, Tom. I really appreciate what you guys do for uh, our putter and the sales, and it's been a great partnership for years, so I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, if you don't mind, I went through some of our past interviews, and it's it's been about six years or so since you've kind of told the story. And Edwin Watts Golf was a, one of our worldwide golf shops brands was a big part of that back in the day. Take us through a little bit about how you got started and how the how the brand and and everything happened because it's really a compelling story. Sure, sure. So bear with me. I kind of get long winded here. Um, my father was an insurance investigator, and he loved the game of golf, two handicap. He had a workshop in the garage, and he loved persimmon woods. Um, and we'd go to the flea markets and, and the barrels inside the used uh, club shops and driving ranges and flea markets. And for some reason, I'd hang out with them, but I loved putters. In 1970, mm, my goodness, 70, I don't know, three, two, the zebra, the ram zebra came out, and my father uh, – he was in awe of it, but all, had all the bells and whistles to kind of tie in at adjustable weights. It had a, a cool colored leather grip that had spirals of silver going down it, and it had a cool head cover because no putters really had a head cover in that day. So the head cover matched the grip. The grip matched the uh, stripes on top in kind of a gray color. And so we couldn't afford that new, so we waited and found one in a barrel, a used putter, and I could tinker with that and change the weights in the sole and take off the sole plate. and So that was uh, just hit me over the head. So I just got enthralled with putters. So as my father collected drivers, I kind of got into putters and trying to understand how they worked. So I would try to emulate whether it be like a Wilson 8802. On My father bought a tabletop mill, which is a smaller mill, and I'd actually uh, – work on mallets primarily because it was aluminum and soft and but i love the classics uh 8802s and trying to emulate those kinds of things or emulate trying to make them better and we'd go out and my father would get home from work and we'd go kind of hit things we worked on the week before the day before and and analyze and fix them and tinker on them and refinish them and so anyhow a love for the game came from my father passed when I was 13, and I continued to make things in the same garage. And I'd have people come over to the house when I was, you know, in high school. I'd make them for my buddies and my friends and some of the nice guys on the West Coast tours. Uh, So from in the garage, continued after my father passed to make things for uh, players. And I got a call later on. I was in college and wanting to play golf and I was a few years into it, just kind of following the direction of going to school, and I got a few phone calls from manufacturers saying, we saw this design you did for so-and-so, and and we'd we'd like to buy the design, but we don't know where to have it made. So I said, well, 
I'll make it, I'll make my design and sell you the heads. And so it started from a garage. Then we went into a shop. Uh, my wife at then later, my wife at that time, uh, she quit her job and we started Scott Cameron uh, Golf International. And, you know, the first uh, two years, touring pros are starting to use these. We're making them for people like Mizuno and Ray Cook and Founders and Cleveland Classics. And so we're making them for others. But then I decided, you know, I want to do my own thing because everybody was at a price point saying, no, 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 we have to have it under like $75 at that time for a putter was way too expensive. So I kind of found homes and kind of started my own thing. And in 93, when Bernhard Langer won the Masters, with a Scotty Cameron putter, that set the world on fire. And recently, I've been texting with Bernhard recently, and it's fun to go back almost 35 years and talk about that first putter and how we kind of uh, uh, did things together back then. And the garage was the first studio, right? You are correct. It actually started off uh, when I joined Tidelist. I wanted to have a a fitting, and the key thing there, when I say fitting, I had, I remember I had a Gene Sowers come to me, and he was a friend. I had ran around the tours from Japan to the U.S. just promoting it like it was a gospel of mill putters and why it was better. And he came up and said, uh, Scotty, okay, I have a forward press. The question is, at impact, do I continue the forward press or does a shaft get straight up and down to 90? And if it doesn't, do I need more loft? And the, I couldn't answer that because I couldn't see the performance of the ball. But then I got into, okay, wanting to analyze the golf ball and how the putter affected that. But then it became how the player affected the putter and the putter affected the ball, which we call the art of putting, which was the aha moment of, oh, my gosh, they're all interconnected. And for a touring pro to see the facts, does loft matter? Does uh, my weight distribution matter? It all is connected. And and I'm going to say, Tom, uh, what was it, 95, 96 is when we opened our first putter studio to show the players high-speed video on how it all came together. You mentioned, Scotty, the, the, the classics inspired you, the old Wilson 8802 or the 8813, maybe the, maybe the Iron Master, and gosh, Nicholas had the Georgia Low Wizard and all that. How did Futura, the Futura line, or what inspired you there? Because you, you're, you're diving in classics and then the Futura is something, something totally different. Yeah, um, well, I had one of the greatest uh, bosses in the world, uh, Wally Uline, found me, came after me, and we merged our little comp- my little company with his huge company. As I said prior, I was doing a lot of stuff for other companies and went out on my own. And then finally, Wally called a few years later and says, we want you to be our putter guy, John Reuter, who did the bullseye. Uh, he uh, had been gone for a while, and they were looking for a putter guy. And I kind of didn't want to hop back into bed with another manufacturer. I wanted to do it myself. And he finally came with, what do you want to do? So long story short, we joined forces. We merged my little putter company with their huge golf ball club company. 
And Wally said, uh, <laughs> it kind of made me mad, but in a mad way that it made me think. He said, Scotty, you're great with making classics look wonderful, and they're milled, and they're gun blued, and they're beautiful. You don't have to be good at everything, meaning like mallets. Um, I did putters for Ray Cook and did putters for Lee Trevino and Dave Stockton and Morris Atowski and David Graham and so on. I can do mallets, and Wally kind of said, well, you know, stick with what you're good at. So I set out to prove him wrong um, and do mallets, but I wanted to take it further. We were talking about the golf ball was changing, Wally and myself, and, and where is the feel and performance going on a putter versus a golf ball. So I have theories on back weighting and wings in the back, which became our first Futura, and that was an instant success because it really set the modern world for modern putters, even though I was kind of known for classics. And that was such an eye-opener for testing that and testing the theory of MOI and back weighting and materials, sound, vibration dampening. It was huge for me, and it opened up the door to, even for today, a vibration dampening, back weighting, MOI. Nobody took putters seriously. You know, Ping was very, very good, and they did a, a, a sand cast, and it's kind of rude and crude and old. And great design work, and I'm a huge fan of Carson Solheim and his history, but how could I do it better? And there's no doubt in the world that Carson Solheim's in a TP Mills uh, paved the way for young, at that time, young putter makers like myself and others. Um, but I, how can we do it better? How can we make it softer? How can we show performance? And kind of today with the studio, we have the best players in the world come in, from the, you know, from Max Homos and, and Jordan Speaks and Justin Thomas, they come in. I listen. What can I do to help? They have theories and thoughts, and we prove it wrong. So all of these trial and errors through the years, um, you know, just like this past weekend with uh, JT, pays off. We learn, we listen, and we do. You hit the next question I was going to ask right on the head. Tour-inspired putters. Uh, your putters that you create go to your players first, and then you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and you're getting feedback from that. We do a, a segment every week after the, the tournament, and we call it Watts, Edwin Watts, Watts in the bag, a little play on words there. But I, we see so many Scotty Cameron prototype putters that players are using. Is this where you're getting the next generations of putters from as, as, as we continue on? Tom, you're right on track. I use them as my testing ground, but also I think I'm a good listener, and I listen, what do they want, um, and come with a way to make them happy, and at the same time working with them, we learn an awful lot, and we also see with these younger players trends, you know, what's going on with the grip, what's going on with the head, face balance, uh, mallets. Now let's perform like blades, but we have bigger uh, sweet spots and more room to put uh, alignment aids on the putter. So, yeah, you know, a lot of times I have a thought, I have a theory, and some of our guys don't even ask for the putter, and I send it out and do me a favor, play nine holes in a practice round and tell me your thoughts. And those things lead into designs that end up into your stores. Um, so it's it's... 
I have great ideas, but having confirmation from the best in the world gives me the confidence to bring it to market. Well, we're here to talk about Phantom X, but I want to ask you one question. And I know you're not a putting coach per se, but I guess Gene Sowers opened the door when you brought that up. Uh, for the average golfer, how would, and without going through a putting lab or anything like that, which most average golfers can't, how would they know if they would benefit more from one of the classic designs with more toe hang or something like a Futura like that's face balance? Is there a way that an average golfer would know or just go into the putting corral and start hitting putts and see what works for you? Well, I think what catches your eye, because I do believe the way a putter looks to you, not your friend, not to that pro, not to Justin Thomas, but for you, what looks good to your eye helps. It's not everything, but it helps. Because I think you that you have a relationship with a putter. And I think if you like the looks of it, you like the sound of it, you like the feel of it, now we're getting on track. The next question you need to ask yourself, am I looking to go square to square on my stroke? Or am I looking to have an arc to the stroke? Because, um, and we show players in our studio here, that the lie angle, we're at 70 degrees lie, creates an arc automatically. Now, if the shaft was at 90 degrees, you wouldn't have an arc. It would be straight back and straight through. So our Newport 2 is our biggest seller because I think it, it creates a stroke of that arc automatically where you don't have to think about it. But we do make things face balance for the guy that says, I've used a face balance putter all my life. I'm not switching. So we make, for example, we make a lot of the phantom heads with the two necks, one close to face balance and one toe down. So if you're an arc guy, go with that more of the toe down. And if you're a square to square guy, go towards more face balance And the key there, Tom, is to have the putter work with you. So if you're square to square and you got a heel-shafted putter and that toe's flopping back and forth, it's working against you. So basically, what are you, what are you trying to do, and choose a putter to work with you? Scotty Cameron joining us here on the Worldwide Golf Shop's Insider Podcast. And, Scotty, I brought it up. It's Phantom X. It's the next generation. It's here Take us through that. Take us what went into it and what, what Phantom X is all about. Sure. Well, it arrived basically from our findings of the Futura. And along the way, we had one called the Futura Phantom. Um, and this became the Phantom. And I always have an accent because, as you've talked about, Tom, on tour, it's experimental. So I've, the X stands for experimental. Um, the Phantom line basically came from the future of learning about weight distribution and where to put the weight where we need it most for sound, feel, and performance. So the Phantom X is a futuristic-looking design, but where the key thing where we've come from and to, we now make mallets that aren't face-balanced, because if you went back 10 years ago, 100% of mallets were face-balanced. So a blade guy uh, would say, well, I want an arc to the stroke. So we started making that for our players. If you remember, Tom, the Red X, uh, that was the first mallet putter that wasn't face balanced. And I got kind of beat up on, on the forums, and, and um, some of the talk was, that makes no sense. Well, it made perfect sense back then, because if you have a guy wanting a mallet, it sits more stable, there's bigger alignment lines, bigger sweet spots because of a bigger head, 
So we started doing that, and nowadays you can have mallets that have bigger sweet spots, bigger lines, alignment aids, performing, meaning with an arc like a blade does. So the key thing with the, the new Phantom is we're getting the looks, we're getting the styles, we're getting the sound, we're getting the weight distribution where you need it most. Now, I could get more forgiving and, and bigger MOIs. The issue is how big do you need them? You're hitting a putt. So the new line is so perfect because what we've done, we've taken the best wins and the best putters on tour, and we've just basically made different necks. So they're proven fact winners on tour um, around the world, and we've given more of that style. It looks similar, but it's totally different. Um, but I think we've dialed in the sound, feel, and performance to a T. And the Phantom X 5.5, that was inspired by JT, who you brought up earlier, right? Is, is, is that right? A hundred percent. He came in, he was using a new port too, and he was having trouble with alignment. And I wanted to get something bigger into his hands that would help him with alignment. But then he said, Scotty, I don't want face balance. I said, come on, let's go into my shop and we'll weld on this neck. So I turned down a neck on the lathe and we welded the neck on, we bent it. And we came into the studio 35 minutes later, and he says, you know, it doesn't make sense, and it makes perfect sense to have a mallet that isn't face balanced, but the bigger lines help them with alignment so he could start it on his intended line. And a marriage was he, I don't think he's been back to his blade since. But the one that he won with um, on the weekend was a prototype. So the 5.5 was in the marketplace last year. But this one was he he wanted a little more square to square, so I created a plumbing neck um, on this a little longer so it tracked more square to square. Then he wanted a little softer sound. He was experimenting with sound and feel. So I put a vibration dampening membrane into the back and covered it with an aluminum plate and put on two screws to sandwich this vibration uh, stuff uh, into the back of the putter. So he loved the sound, he loved the feel, and he loved the way it swung. He got that about two weeks ago. This is his second event played with it, and he, he wins with it. Well, Scotty, you created so many putters and so many lines over the years. Uh, this has got to be probably one of your proudest at, at, to, to date, is it not? You know, it's funny, Tom, because I look, look at, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Why didn't I do this five years ago? <laughs> What what leads me to these? I should have done this 10 years ago, but, you know, I, I think it's a learning curve of working with the greatest players and understanding what they need and what they want, and trends change in putters. So where we are today is a really good place with a lot of great players, and we win most, well, most all AJGA counts. We win all the college counts, the ladies counts, the USGA, the ladies U.S. Open, the men's U.S. Open, the kids U.S. Open. So our future is there with these kids and college, um, and we, we take that very seriously, and we learn from those people too. So it's just not the PGA Tour and, and getting their feedback. It's all the way from juniors and AJGA and college. So our, our future looks very bright, and I'm excited because it's one hell of a product. Well, you mentioned about 12 minutes ago when you joined forces with uh, Wally Uline and Titleist. Did you, uh, Kushnet, did you ever think it would become what it's become? 
I, you know, I started saying that about uh, 15 years ago, <laughs> and even today it's not even further. And what a, what a partner uh, of a company, because all, it's all quality. They strive to be the best. It is a golf, best golf ball there is, hands down. They win every count, every U.S. Open, and their wins are phenomenal. So it's a great team to be with. And they let me be the putter guy, and we work great together. So I could not have imagined where I would be today, but I'm proud to be with Titleist. Well, Scotty Cameron, thanks so much for carving out the time. It's so valuable. you have any final words for our listeners out there? No. I, uh, you know, find a putter that you like. Uh, find the look. Uh, it's my job to put in the performance. My guarantee is to keep this quality, the precision, uh, the attention to detail, um, because their trust is in me, and I will never let them down. Scotty Cameron, thanks so much. We'll do it again down the road. All the best to you, and uh, and best to you and yours. Uh, thank you, Tom. Take care. Been doing this a long time with a lot of great people in the business. Doesn't get much better than that. Scotty Cameron. What great advice. Before you start diving into putters, find out what kind of stroke you have. Are you square to square, you need inside out, whatever, and then work that way and then find something that suits your eye. I guarantee you one of the putters from Scotty Cameron will work very, very well for you. Just find out which one it is. Well, special thanks again to Scotty Cameron for joining us today and to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time. We have another episode of the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast here at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.